Hello there and welcome to Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to talent attraction, talent retention. I'm your host, Paul Church, as always. And of course, uh, today I've got a fantastic guest for you. His name is Matt Alder. Matt is somebody I looked to for inspiration when I was setting up Talent and Growth. Um, he runs the podcast Recruiting Future. It's fantastic. It's been going a long, long time. He's also got the Recruiting Future Feast newsletter. He's also got a book called Digital Talent. He really is the man uh, when it comes to talent acquisition and recruitment futurism. Um, so it was a pleasure to have him on. And, and, and uh, we, we talk a lot about, of course, AI um, and the impact it's having now, the impact it could have, what we should be doing in recruitment and TA to stay on top of things. Um, so yeah, it's just a real, real uh, interesting conversation with a guy who really knows his stuff. And uh, yeah, as always, I learned a lot from Matt. So hope you enjoy the episode. Here he is. Oh, hang on. Hang on a minute. Sorry. Just before you go to today's episode, I just needed to tell you something quickly about the Anemo Group. Now, you may wonder, why did I not set up a recruitment agency? I spent 15 years in the recruitment agency game, had a great time, met great people, um, and enjoyed it. Well, the reason, as you asked, that I didn't set up a recruitment agency with my co-founder, Kevin Clifford, is because I feel the model's broken. I think it's outdated. I don't think it reflects what candidates need to have a good experience or what clients need to get the service they deserve and that's why I went with a flexible talent consultancy um, and it's paid off because we are saving our partners anything between 50 and 60 percent compared to traditional recruitment agencies we are also filling pretty much everything we're working uh, and we've got flawless five-star reviews uh, on Google business go check them out from candidates and clients alike um, our average time to hire is around 30 days or so so um, we are doing incredibly well we're doing incredible job for our clients and we're looking for more clients to work with and, and to help so if you're interested in that want to find out more how we can save you money get you great people give your candidates a better experience give you a better service make everyone happy give me a shout paul at the anemogroup.com here's the episode matt a very warm welcome back to talent and growth how are you doing i'm doing well um and it's a pleasure to be back thank you for inviting me um obviously obviously last time went well <laughs> it did it did go well and do you know what i was uh i was i went for a run about 45 or six weeks ago and i think i messaged you this i went for a run and i was just thinking i didn't have any headphones and i was just thinking and i was thinking about automation ai recruitment and my mind was it was boggling and i thought i know i need to speak to you and invite to the podcast and that, and that was yourself so thanks for thank you for joining me and of course a bit it was about a year ago uh, when we spoke last time which was uh, and i believe you were um, just about to or just released a book so how has things gone since then yeah good so yeah the book was digital talent it came out yeah it did come out about a year ago about 13 months ago um and it's been great it's just selling well people are still people are still buying it um unbelievably it still seems very relevant which in a time of uh such dramatic and quick change um is 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 quite pleasing um and yeah we're we're uh we're kind of planning uh planning our follow-up at the moment but we're at quite an early stage with uh with what that with what that looks like but hopefully um there'll be another one along soon well, surely AI will just be able to write the book for you, won't it? So it should be a breeze this time. <laughs> well, that's the that's the question of the day, isn't it? Is that's the question of the day? Is that um, you know, is that expected? Is that appropriate? Um, is that just the way things will be? Um, and we'll kind of have to see how that pans out. Of course. Well, look, what, what, I suppose the first question for me is, 
you've got a you've got a unique perspective, and I know you're speaking to so many incredible people um, with recruiting future and, and sure other, other other aspects as well. What, what what are the trends that keep coming up for you in the market? What what what's the what's the thing that keeps standing out in terms of fears, hopes, opportunities, or whatnot? What are the things that keep coming up? Yeah, there's so much going on at the moment. Um, and so much of it is contradictory. So, you know, in some industries and in some countries, you've got talent acquisition and teams and recruiters being laid off in other industries. There's still incredible talent shortages. So it, it, it's very difficult to make sense of the, the way that I'm making sense of it is thinking it in terms, thinking in terms of forces that are driving change. And I think there's, there's just three things going on at the moment. So there's the, the economic forces, um, you know, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? Are we going to be in a recession? Either way, it's, you know, it's very challenging times with cost of living and inflation and, um, and everything that's going on. So that inevitably is shaping um, some of the things that are happening. Um, the, the second force is also just the way that people are thinking differently about talent. So, um, you know, a lot of this is driven by talent shortages. And I think, you know, when we, when we wrote our book, we were very much writing about this in terms of how employers get the right skills into their, into their organizations. And I think there's a really interesting mix of, um, you know, hiring, reskilling, um, things like, you know, fractional hiring and all these kind of, um, um, all these new terms that are cropping up that are just ways that people are starting to think differently about, um, how they have the right talent and the right skills in their business. And then the third one is the, uh, the one that we, you know, always have to absolutely talk about, which is technology. Um, the pace of change in technology just continues to get quicker. Um, and obviously we are in the midst of the generative AI, um, I, I want to use the word hysteria. I'm not quite sure how to describe, um, the commentary and everything that's going on around AI at the moment, but, um, <clears throat> you know, we're right in the middle of that. And that is, uh, obviously a key driver in, in how things are moving forward. If we look at the the economic side, um, and this has been at the forefront of my mind recently because I am speaking to so many people who um, have been let go and are struggling to find work, and I suppose I'm quite optimistic. And I, you know, we've all been through this a few times before, but I, you know, we're seeing now um, that it looks like we may not be going into a recession. We think interest rates have hopefully peaked, so hopefully that's a, a good sign. But and a lot of the conversations I'm having with people are that um, they have plans to hire in the second half of the year, and things are going to kind of ramp up towards. Are you? Are you hearing or seeing anything similar to that, or is it anything in contrary? No, nothing. Nothing that contradicts that. Um, it, it it's just a very it, you know it's a very it's a very strange time. Unemployment is still low. People are still looking for um, people to fill roles. Roles are changing. You know, skill shortages everywhere. Um, you know, we're recording this on a day where. Uh, you know, the, 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 in the UK, we're talking about, um, you know, shortage of, shortage of workers for farms and, and all these kind of things. So it, yeah, I'm not seeing anything that, um, that, uh, you know, disagrees with that, but you know, it is kind of going on in the background and it does affect things like wages and, um, uh, confidence and, and, and all those, and all those kind of things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to really understand what's going on, but there seems to be, uh, there seems to be more positive news than negative news. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, so if we if we look at um, if we talk start talking about AI, which of course we're going to talk about a lot today, um, what are you seeing in terms? Of, what, what I suppose what's your overview of how right now 
it's it's being used in, in recruitment and how do you think how what, what are the most significant ways it's impacting right now yeah i think what we have to think about is there obviously in the last i think it's only two months it feels like 20 years um, in, the, in the last two months all the discussion has been around uh, chat gtp and bard and you know all the other kind of things that are on the market and that's really because they've been given this um th- this interface that everyone can use so everyone can see the, sort of see the power of these systems and what they can achieve i think what we need to remember is that actually the the technology behind this has been around for you know has been around for several years now so um in terms of how it's impacting recruitment at the moment um i think that it's the AI that's baked into um, a lot of the solutions already, um, you know, around automation and assessment, all these, all these kind of various things. So it's something that has been going on for um, quite some time, but I think it's now very much on everyone's radar because they can see for themselves how powerful these tools are, how scary these tools are. Um, so I think in terms of what's happening right now, it's, it's actually, um, you know, building on what's going on in the past. And I just think people are much more aware of, um, you know, what's possible with some of these tools. Um, I think that people are still very much at an experiment- experimental stage with the, the current interfaces that are out there. Um, you know, the, 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 the internet is filled with articles uh, telling you that, uh, you know, if you don't keep up with it, you're falling behind and your business should be using it for absolutely everything that your business does. But I think if you look at the practicalities of that, um, you know, we're not at that. We're not at that stage just yet. And when, not when, what do you think? What's the, if we look at recruitment, what, what do you think, um, where are we going to go with it, do you think? What do you think it's going to be once it's in a more mature uh, space, I suppose? What, what do you think is going to be the, the impact of it and the day-to-day changes for most in recruitment? So I think that the the medium term impact of it is potentially vast. So um, I, I think that um, it, it, it's kind of accelerating that trend. I think we were probably talking about this last time in terms of automation and um, you know those those things that are happening um, within recruiting. And we're kind of in this sort of, it's kind of arrived in this sort of perfect storm because as we, as we mentioned, lots of organizations are looking at how they do recruitment. This has led off, led to sort of layoffs, layoffs of recruiters and all these kind of things. And one of the questions I ask people in the presentations I'm doing at the moment is, will we have as many recruiters again as we had in August, 2022? And I don't know the answer to that question but i think it's something that we need to think about because the potential of these tools um is that we could see um you know automation going much deeper into the recruitment process than perhaps we ever thought was possible before and um you know what that eventually looks like i think it's difficult to tell because there's too many variables around it and we'll probably talk about some of those as we um as we go through the conversation but i i think it's one of those things where the very very short term impact um is 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 overblown um you know i don't think that um the world will change in two weeks time um i don't know when you're publishing this so it could be proved <laughs> could be proved about two weeks. horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> excuse me but i don't think um i don't think that's going to happen however i think that we need to 
take a step back and start to ask questions that we've maybe not asked before and think about, you know, almost think of the unthinkable about what the future of our industry, um, you know, could look, could look like. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of where we are at right now. I'm encouraging people via the podcast and kind of other work that I'm doing to kind of try and get out of this short, short term, uh, you know, short, while experimenting with these tools, getting out of the kind of the short term thinking around it and thinking about what could the long term impact be for their organization, for their team and for their career. I think, is it feasible that really anything that doesn't involve us having a conversation like we are right now that we do in the job could feasibly be done by AI? Yeah, absolutely. It it could be done. It probably could be done now. But I think the thing is, is there are there are kind of nuances around this for different types of recruitment and different circumstances and different different organisations. Um, you know, the, the caveat that I put around everything that we sort of talk about is, um, you know, if you if you take a step back and look at the UK, so sort of so you know, let's drill drill down, you know, take a, a further step back. So. Um, I live in Scotland. The vast majority of businesses in Scotland that employ a to you know, that, that employ cumulatively employ hundreds of thousands of people are family run small businesses. And, um, you know, the way that they, um, recruit is going to be very different to some of the, the big technology companies. So this isn't a, an across the board, um, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is what's going to happen. Um, but it, it's something that we need to think about. So, um, very much so, um, you know, AI could, you know, the argument is, could AI do everything that, um, a human recruiter does now, certainly I think we'll get agreement that it can do most of the, uh, you know, the admin and the repeatable tasks and all those, all those kind of things. Um, if you look at some aspects of hiring, um, you know, humans are already being sort of, uh, taken out of those processes gradually. So some of the volume hiring, um, you know, some of the volume hiring that goes on, um, you know, is run by conversational, is run by conversational AI. I was talking to an organization over in the States a couple of weeks ago who'd actually run a full recruitment campaign without any, um, recruiters or interviews being involved. They did it all through online assessments. That's very much not the norm. That was driven by very, some very specific circumstances. So yeah, theoretically it's possible. Is it what, um, is it what the candidate wants and the business needs? I think they're different. They're, they're different questions. But I think that we're only just beginning to understand what is actually possible with um, with artificial intelligence. And I think it's. I think the realization is that it's much further. It, it goes much further than everyone thought even six months ago. And in terms of, I mean, for me, um, I'll talk about. I suppose the. Uh, I want to talk more about the what 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 the impact is to day to day to recruiters in a sec, but. Um, well, actually, and also with that, I suppose, is the industries which we recruit in. If you look at tech, for example, web developers, programmers, engineers, that perhaps being one of the most competitive and lucrative recruitment markets um, in, in, well, there is, um, there's a strong possibility that, you know, if you look at the, the, the areas that could get replaced by AI, the highest, most at risk of the things I've seen are kind of engineers and QAs and testers. So could we see that actually there needs to be uh, a bit of a, a pivot from agencies who are focusing purely on tech into other areas because otherwise they might struggle yeah i mean it's a good question i think the you know that's a kind of a broader point i suppose about the future of the future of jobs i think the thing about that is that 
um, you know, roles have already developed, roles have always developed, um, you know, the kind of the roles that we recruit for in 2023, you know, many of them didn't even exist in 2022. So I think it's, it's more to do with, you know, understanding the market, understanding the, um, you know, the way that technologies are developing and understanding, <clears throat> you know, understanding where humans fit into that. So I think that, uh, people should expect markets to change very quickly, but you know, there's there's always opportunity there because there's always new roles, uh, you know, new roles being created as other as others become obsolete. And I I don't think that that is something that is going to fundamentally change. Um, you know, do we get to the issue where artificial intelligence dis- intelligence displaces more jobs than it creates? How do we make sure that people have the right skills? You know, I think they're, they're issues, but I think that, you know, new technology will always create, you know, new roles and new opportunities. And what, what, what I mean, I, so my, I've, so you, just cause you mentioned now, I'll go into this, I suppose, which is I have, a, I do have a fear that everything is moving so quickly um, and that no one's thought about the impact it's going to have or nobody cares about the impact it's going to have in terms of the areas which it may eliminate and it may obviously like you rightly say jobs you know evolve industries change and they're replaced by new ones but it feels like this could go so quickly that there may not be a chance for things to evolve properly and those people have lost an industry to work in to be replaced is that something you think about yeah, I mean, I think that um, it, it, it's also something that's kind of been discussed for quite a while. So there were reports going back 10, 20 years um, from people like the World Economic Forum looking at um, how uh, artificial intelligence and technology might eliminate jobs in the future. I don't think that uh, a government level or a strategic level is taken seriously enough in terms of what needs to happen now to deal with that, to make sure that there are, uh, you know, jobs for people and people have the right skills. So I think that's, uh, that's certainly, that's certainly an issue. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think that people are fully understanding, um, you know, what the, what could happen or the voices that are, aren't getting the, the leverage that they, um, that they need. Um, I also think there's a bit about, um, you know, how this kind of reflects back into our industry. The episode of my podcast that came out last week, so obviously probably a few weeks before this is published, um, was just called Recruiterless Recruiting. Um, and it was based on a conversation I had with uh, Alin Bailey, who used to run recruitment marketing for Intel. Um, and she's got a very provocative hypothesis that um, there will be an organization within the next 18 months who will remove recruiters from their processes altogether. Now it's a deliberately provocative hypothesis and on the podcast, we kind of talk through and the nuances are nuances around it, but it's something that people need to think about. And I think it's that whole thing. That's what's happening on kind of a, on a kind of a, a micro scale within our industry is like, are we going to lose lots of jobs and our skills that people have going to become obsolete very, very quickly. And this should be a conversation that we're having now, whether it will happen or not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but should we, be, should we be having that conversation as an industry right now? A hundred percent. Cause it feels like, yeah, that's really interesting. That. And, and, and it feels like if you look at recruitment, for example, you think about the journeys take the, the journeys people take in recruitment. So someone, you, you start off in recruitment at the bottom rung and you start off doing the very manual laborious tasks. Um, 
And actually, it feels like they're the task that may be eliminated. So then what's the entry point for people who are entering the industry? And what does that look like? So that's to, it stops people. For me, that journey is a good one because you learn your trade, you learn your markets, you learn what's going on, the ecosystem around recruitment. But if you take that those layers away, there's a lot changing there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that's a brilliant example because that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a brilliant example because, you know, regardless of whatever happens with the kind of big strategic picture, that is going to happen. That's already happening. And I think it will be very difficult to find anyone who would disagree with us, um, you know, about that, or at least anyone who's kind of had informed themselves about what's going on. So it, it, it impacts everything. And it's like, they're the conversations that we kind of need to have. How do you, um, you know, bring people and bring them up to speed and, um, you know, if that avenue's kind of shut off, then that's like the whole sort of uh, established career progression within that industry um, disrupted. And, you know, who's going to change that? And actually, in a very sort of commercially competitive environment, um, the companies that move quickly and do change that will be the ones who will exceed, succeed incredibly in the future. So there's a there's a real commercial imperative to that in terms of, what someone's business might look like in two, three, four years, five years time. If you were a uh, one-man band uh, recruitment agent entrepreneur, and you're you're servicing your clients, you're responsible for you're responsible for sourcing, you're responsible for screening, you're responsible for business development, all that whole lot. What would you what would you do today? What would you use AI for? Or is there anything you'd actually feel comfortable outsourcing to AI in some form, or getting it to make your day more efficient? I think if you're a if you're a one-man band one person band this is the this is the best news ever basically because um you know there are tools out there right now that would massively um you know massively help you so anything from you know scheduling tools to copywriting tools to you, you know i think there's just a vast amount of things that people can um that people can can tap into that would massively massively help them and mean that they don't have to um you know, kind of scale up their admin or whatever it is. And I think that's been going on for, for quite some time, whether that's everything from, uh, you know, digital accounting to automated scheduling to, you know, whatever, whatever that is. I think that, um, if you do run a micro business like that, you should just be all over this because, um, it's a, a way that you can compete with large companies. It's a way that you can, um, you know, be incredibly more efficient and, and save sort of vast sums of, vast vast sums of, of of money that you might need to invest and i think if you're on the if you're on the ta side and I've, I've talked about this in the podcast last week around i suppose a bit of advice from me to the people in the market who may be struggling a bit to find work and i think if you're going to upskill in anything right now i'd be upskilling in looking into ways that you could potentially save a business money because of what you, what you know about ai and automation and, and the different pieces of software and the things that you could actually bring with you to implement and i think um People who have got the finger on the pulse of this and really do think, how can a business save money with it and how can I help them get there? They're going to stand out, aren't they? Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think in, in TA in general, you know, we will see a big kind of shift in terms of, you know, the skills are required and the types of jobs that are required. Um, you know, so for example, if a company is, you know, looking at more automation within their recruitment process, um, you know, and all these things are possible with the technology that we have, you know, they've got to work very hard to make sure that they're still giving a fantastic 
candidate experience and actually the work that they're they're doing around automation is is improving that candidate experience so things like you know can digital candidate experience design and all these you know all these kind of things they're um you know they're things that will be absolutely um absolutely critical and i think having a a great understanding of what what the tools are where they're going what's possible what the impact will be is a um you know is 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 kind of a really important thing Talking about candidate experience, if anyone's out there listening and hasn't really thought about how they could use start using AI to improve that, what, 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 can you do? You mind explain that a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Um, it, the thing is, you know, one of the the biggest issues that when you look at all the kind of the surveys and the reports, the the thing that comes back um, that's always cited as a sort of a massive issue in candidate experience is 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 quality communication, um, and I think that. Um, as I've started to see more organizations use sort of, um, you know, automation in their, in their communication, um, when it's done well, it actually improves the candidate experience. Cause I think if you, you take a step back and think about what it's like living our digital lives right now, um, I think we we're very happy talking to a machine. If that machine is giving us the information that we need, it's moving things along. Um, it's keeping us, it's keeping us informed, um, you know, I'd always use the example of you know, airlines, for example, you know, a couple of decades ago, you had to, or even a decade ago, you had to go and check in manually and they gave you a bit of paper and, uh, you know, it was kind of very onerous and you had to queue up more times than you do now at the airport. Now you just check in online and you have all your kind of conversations as it were about your flight, um, you know, with an app, even, um, you know, some of them leave will tell, tell you when you're, where your incoming plane has got stuck. So, so you've got a sense of, um, that kind of thing. And I think that's a much better experience than, um, having to deal with humans around it. So I think it's just thinking about how can technology, um, really improve that communication experience, um, and let humans do the bit that, um, humans do kind of really well. So, you know, whether that's interviewing or helping to persuade someone that this is the role for them, um, you know, that that's where humans should be focused, not on things like, um, you know, scheduling or keeping up people up to date or, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that can be automated and personalized effectively. What about, um, how can, AI be used in a way to create more diverse and inclusive hiring practices. If we look at it from the, the DEI side of things, anything that stand out for you? Yeah, I mean it's um it I mean the, the obvious thing is is around the obvious thing is around bias in terms of humans being you know humans being biased and actually um you know could AI um you know create create processes that that have less bias in them the flip side of that and something that perhaps we'll we'll, we'll talk about later is some of the, the the downsides of this so um you know who is um you know who is who is kind of checking that actually um these technologies are unbiased and they're not learning biased and and stuff like that and there's legislation that's coming in uh in various states in america from from the summer onwards that that, that look at transparency in terms of um how ai makes decisions about 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 people hiring so um you know there there is there is potential there is a huge amount of potential there to uh you know remove remove bias and 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 help make things more diverse but there are you know there's a there's a flip side to that as well and i suppose it's a good time to go on to that then so 
let's talk about the ethical ethical concerns, easy for me to say. So ethical concerns around use of AI and recruitment. So apart from any fear around elements of the job being lost to AI, what are the ethical thing, other ethical elements that, you know, that worry you, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the it, it's a bit like the Wild West at the moment to, to use that to use that cliche. Um, we talked about, um, you know, governments and other institutions not necessarily moving quick enough to to deal with the, the, the implications of this. But I think that we have got a huge amount of discussion about ethics and regulation coming down the pipeline. We haven't actually quite got to those yet, but you can see them. As I say, um, I think it's New York state in July is putting in, um, putting in this regulation that any artificial intelligence or technology that's involved in selecting people for jobs needs to be understood and fully transparent. Um, there are already, uh, court cases kind of racking up um, about things like, you know, copyright infringement and plagiarism coming from, um, you know, coming from some of these AI models. And, you know, until until we sort of get down the line and see um, see what happens legally, it's kind of difficult to, to say what's what's going to go on. Um, but I think this is always the thing. It takes a while for our institutions to catch up with, um, you know, to catch up with technology. There's an argument that they never really, they never really do. However, I think that we we will reach the point very quickly when there'll be huge conversations about um, ethics and transparency and um, you know legality in in some places. So, you know, it's very much coming. It's very much coming. Um, it, it may slow down the rate of progress. It's not going to make this go away. My, uh, I, I suppose the person who, who really got me looking into ChatGPT, and I was quite early on, around kind of October, November, who got me in, into looking at it, um, and he was so excited with it because he'd used it to complete uh, a dissertation for his master's degree, and uh, then he submitted it, and he said it's just basically done, you know, a week's worth of work for me in 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 a, in, a, in a few hours in the evening, and I said, isn't that unethical? And he said, he's well, he said it's just like the modern day Wikipedia, isn't it? It's no no more more ethical than using Wikipedia ten years ago, but it probably is. Whilst these things get sorted out there's going to be a lot of people probably qualifying for things in the meantime or getting certain uh accolades which perhaps they they wouldn't done so i don't know what that impact that has on the workforce moving forward as well yeah that's interesting and i think there's also uh you know there's also kind of a whole school of conversation at the moment about people uh you know getting chat gpt to produce cvs and cover letters the perfect cv and cover letter based on um the information available um could you fake fake personas or use fake videos to do to do online tests i think there's a huge um you know there, there, there are huge issues that again as an industry we really need to, to think about um i think the dissertation was interesting and i could i could probably talk about that for 20 minutes in terms of my view on that but to stick to recruitment um this bit about okay someone can fake their application using ai um and i think there's three things here it's like whose fault is that Who's, you know, where does the blame lie with that? Is that the person? Are they being dishonest? Is it the technology that's facilitating cheating? Or is it a recruitment process that's wrong and not robust enough and not fit for purpose in, in modern times? And I think that eventually we'll get to three. That's, that's what it is. And then I think we need to rethink about, well, actually, you know, we've used CVs and interviews and cover letters and all these kind of things for, for decades, if not hundreds of years, um, perhaps we need to rethink um, some of the ways that we do recruiting to match 
um, you know, the way that the modern life's working. So that to me is the interesting debate. I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's certainly a discussion that needs to happen. I think when you called it the Wild West earlier, I think you're absolutely right. It is that Wild West. We're in this limbo period where it's just moved too quickly for legislations and laws or whatever to keep up with it. Um, there's, I, don't know, I don't know if you saw, have you seen uh, Cheetah.ai? Uh, don't think I have. I could probably guess what it's about, though. So it's I think it was in... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think you probably will. It was in... I think it was in Hung's uh, Brain Food. I, I got flagged on it. But it was... Uh, it's basically uh, Cheetah AI. is something you, you, you run whilst you're doing a, a live technical test. Oh, yeah. And to, it'll help. To, to, it'll, to, basically to fix the technical cheat. test. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I think that's the thing. And I think it... Whatever happens, this technology is not going away. And also the the pace of change is, is not going to get any slower. So um, yes, I'm sure they will be, um, uh, you, you know, there will be things that, that maybe happen to, uh, you know, to prevent that. But ultimately we just need to look at the, um, you know, look at the way we do things and say, well, actually if, if people can, you know, fake these tests, is that the most appropriate way to see if they're good enough to do the job? Um, and it, it, that, that's the debate that I think is really interesting in terms of, um, in terms of where we, where we get to, where we get to with that. It's like, how do we, you know, take it back to the fundamentals. It's like, how do we make sure that this person is uh, the best available person to do this job? And then we kind of build up from, you know, we, we kind of build up from there with the environment that we've got. So, so, so yeah, it's actually a really nice way to put it. So, but just to clarify what I think you're saying is that it could take us away from this need to have, I don't know, five years JavaScript experience, know every, you know, library in JavaScript, whatever, to be a web developer. And actually, we'd be looking more on a deeper level of your ability to collaborate in a team, to learn. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It, it, yeah, no, that, that, I think yeah, that's, uh, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. It's kind of, um, it's kind of rethinking you know what what are the skills we need and 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 how do we um how do we understand that the person has those so i think that that to me is going to be that to me is the interesting debate to have um and unfortunately i think we'll just see months if not years of people arguing about how they can um you know make sure they're you know make sure people don't fake cvs and their their online test is robust and it's just kind of like well actually is that um you know is is that really the 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 final answer that we're going to that we're going to get to um you know and it's the same you know there are precedents in history for this as well it's like when when um you know when they invented it invented the a calculator you could put in your pocket it's kind of like how did that you know, how did that change maths exams? Um, you know, I mean, arguably that they've still not quite worked out, <laughs> worked out how to deal with that, but it's the, it's the same thing. It's, um, you know, and that's, that's the discussion that we should be having. The, the other day, funny enough, my mum was talking to me about, um, when calculators came out and she said, and how it was a big deal to go to the shop and buy the calculator and just, uh, it was, you went to a proper shop, there's a row of calculators and it was, uh, that was a really, uh, really big thing. And look at, look how far we've come. Uh, final couple of questions. Um, Jeffrey Hinton resigns, uh, at the beginning of the month, uh, from Google. In terms of your, for the, for the re- reasons, well, the, the headline reasons he cited for that were around uh, feeling like he was, I suppose, fearful of where it had gone, and actually he wanted to be able to speak openly about where it was going. What did what did you make of that, and and how was that? Do you think that is, that's a huge thing to have happened, uh, and it really speaks volumes about 
where we're at and where we're going, or is it just another drop in the ocean? No, I think it. I think it is a huge thing to have happened. I think it. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of there's this almost continuum of what's going on with 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 this AI at the moment, and that's kind of almost at one end. You know, he's he's quit because he wants to have his say about the the, the dangers of it, and um, you know that 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 aspect that aspect to things. Um, and I think at the the other end, it's kind of like sometimes I think people will find that difficult to reconcile um, when they're actually using something like Chat GPT, which is very clever. But at the same time, I think my favorite quote about it comes from uh, Kevin Kelly, who's a guy who started Wired Magazine, who writes kind of extensively about technology. Uh, always interesting point of view. And he's calling chat GPT the universal personal intern. It can do so much for you, but you still need to check its work. Um, and I think that when people get into it, it might be quite difficult for them to reconcile that with some of the warnings that are coming out from the people, the people that know, but um, you know, when things move this quickly, um, even I think if we even look at the effects that social media has had in terms of the, the scale of disinformation and propaganda that can be disseminated um, you know, this is kind of the, the, the next level. So the, the, the dangers around it are real and um, it's important for, um, you know, people with that level of authority to to speak out and influence, and hopefully send this in a in a in a positive direction. Thanks, Matt. Final question, because I'm all I'm big on uh, I'm always big, particularly right now, on people making themselves as job proof as possible. Um, but what advice would you give to people in recruitment or TA um, to really stay on top of things and make sure they're not seen as a cost and actually still seen as an asset to the business with this emergence of AI? Yeah, I think it's I think it's two things. I think that um the, the advice that everyone's giving at the moment is oh dive in, get stuck in, use it for everything. You've got to learn every aspect of how this sort of works practically. Um and I and I agree with that to the extent that it's important to think about how this can help you right now, um, and also just get a sense of what it can do and where it's going. But I think there's a bit missing from that because the the interface that we've got for chat gpt right now yeah, it's pretty clunky isn't it you have to kind of keep talking to it to get it to refine stuff and that interface will change over time it will become much more in the flow of what we of what we do so you could um you know potentially waste a lot of time just getting into the nuances of something that might change quite quickly so i think the other thing to do as well as getting hands-on with it is to take that step back and think about some of the things that we've talked about in this conversation. What are the implications of this for my industry in two, three, four, five years time? And how can I be part of that journey? Um, and I think that's, that's the kind of best way to do it. Um, it's kind of just trying to sort of plot that through and say, right, you know, what could my, what will my job look like in three or four years time? And how can I make sure that I'm, you know, leading the pathway to that rather than, uh, you know, trying to hold back the tide and, um, you know, becoming irrelevant in the process. So I think it's, I think it's those two, those two things, getting hands on with the, um, with the tools to, to see what they can do for you right now, but also thinking about the impact down the line. Yeah, don't don't deny it, but don't go all in on it. Just uh, I think stay stay with it, stay on it, stay up to date with it. Yeah, I love that. Um, what? Um, look, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of you and your, and your podcast, Recruiting Future. So I absolutely uh, recommend anybody to to listen to that. Um, any anywhere else uh, we should send people if they want to find out more about yourself or contact you. 
Um, if they, I've now got a newsletter because you have to have a newsletter in this day, <laughs> in this day and age, it's connected to the podcast. So it comes out, uh, comes out once a month. Um, you can sign up to the newsletter on the podcast site, recruitingfuture.com. There's a separate, uh, address for the newsletter if it's easy to remember, which is recruitingfuturefeast.com. Um, and I'm looking to kind of sort of expand that out and use that as a place to, uh, get thoughts and information out, um, over and above the podcast. Amazing. All right, Matt. Well, look, thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. And uh, I'll absolutely invite you back in uh, three years' time. Well, sorry, next year. That'll be, sorry, next year. <laughs> hopefully, we, uh, hopefully we've hopefully we still got our jobs and uh, we can get plenty more to talk about. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Hopefully, by the time this, this comes out, that's, that's, still, that's still the case. <laughs> yeah, um, Thanks, fantastic. Mate. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's conversation with Matt Aldo. What a great guy uh, and so full of knowledge. Um, I hope you learned as much as I did from that conversation. Um, final thing for me though, listen, if you want to just make me really happy, forget everything else, if you just want to make me happy, the person who brings you these podcasts every single week, follow and subscribe our podcast, Talent and Growth. However you're listening to it, hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're feeling really generous, you're thinking, do you know what? I want to make Paul really happy today. Share this with a friend or share it on social media. Keep the movement going. It helps us attract uh, the top guests we get. Um, so you'll be helping the podcast and making me happy. All right, see you next time.